0: Welcome to season two of Mindfulness Off the Cushion. If you're familiar with the challenges of living mindfully and are looking for help in your daily dance with suffering, our goal is to be a resource for you. Once again, we're brought to you by the Austin Mindfulness Center. Here we are at the very beginning of a short series of interviews with Dr. Sears, where episode by episode, we'll be exploring a presenting issue and discuss how practicing mindfulness can help. As we discussed, mindfulness is scientifically proven to improve mental health, and that includes reducing stress. As Claudio says, stress is just a modern-day word for suffering. And stress was the word selected by John Kabat-Zinn way back in 1979 when he launched MBSR. He chose the word stress because he didn't want to scare away any potential program candidates with foreign or alienating words like mindfulness and meditation. So in this first episode of our short series, we're going to talk about stress and its menacing companion, burnout. We're starting here because everyone experiences stress in one way or another. The big question is how skillful are we at managing it? Because if you don't manage your stress, it will manage you. And that's when burnout can sneak in through the back door. Burnout happens when you've pushed yourself too hard for too long. I recently read it can take as long as two years to recover from the experience of burning out. Speaking as someone who has experienced it firsthand, I can tell you that this feels accurate. It's definitely a gradual healing and one that requires a major shift of lifestyle, habits, mindset, and for me, kindness and self-compassion were key to my healing. It's important to remember that you're human and you need to practice some sort of self-care to refill your tanks on a regular basis. If you manage your stress well, this will make you more resilient and healthier in the long term. Today, we'll learn exactly how bringing a loving awareness to our way of being can lead to resilience and healing. This awareness and what comes out of this awareness is mindfulness. I wanna leave you with a quick quote from Thich Nhat Hanh. The best way to take care of the future is to take care of the present moment. Welcome back to Mindfulness Off the Cushion, and thank you once again for joining us, Dr. Sears. So we're talking about stress. Perhaps you could get us started with a definition.
1: Well, first of all, we need to keep in mind stress is energy, right? And um, it's not always bad. There's this classic researcher, Hans Selye, that drew this curve, and he talked about how if there's not enough stress in your life, you're not going to be motivated, and your performance is going to be low. Obviously, at the other end, where a lot of us fall into way too much stress gets in the way of us dealing with things and we're overwhelmed, and that's where we can get into burnout. So, it's not that we want to get rid of stress, we want to learn how to harness this energy. And as a good example, if you had to take an exam, let's say you're in school or you want a certification or something. If you had no stress, you wouldn't care. You wouldn't study. You wouldn't get out of bed. You wouldn't even try very hard. Obviously, if you have too much stress, then you're overwhelmed by your own stress and you're not going to focus well. So, we want that optimal level. So, where burnout hits is when the stress exceeds our ability to cope. That's probably a good, simple definition of burnout. And when you think of burnout as energy, you know, it's just too much and it's, you're just, uh, burning it too much the old expression burning the candle at both ends you know we live in a society that pushes for this kind of stuff you know hey give your give it 110% you know and sometimes we we know that means just kind of get inspired and put some effort into it but you know if you run a car engine at 110% it's going to burn out you're you're working it too hard and you're not refreshing it enough And it's inevitable it's just going to burn out if you're pushing yourself too hard. And, you know, as Claudio brought up a moment ago, this whole thing in society, if we take it to a larger level, here we've been pushing to get through a pandemic, you know, war, there's all this stuff that can happen. And we're just pushing, we're trying to survive. And then, there comes this lull where suddenly we experience sort of a burnout feeling that can almost result in a collapse or an exhaustion kind of thing. Uh, In fact, that's one of the early signs is emotional exhaustion where it's just too much and now I'm tired and it's, it's sort of catching up with you for pushing yourself to get through the day for so long.
2: How would we know that we're experiencing burnout. So what are some of the markers? What are some of the symptoms that we should be aware of or be paying attention to? You know, one of the common
1: things people start to experience in the early stages of burnout and it gets worse and worse is that you put in more effort and more hours into your work but get less and less return. So this backwards kind of thing that happens where I'm working harder and harder and harder, but less and less and less is getting accomplished. There's a classic story um, of a lumberjack that's trying to break the record of how many trees he can cut down in a day just using an ax. So I think the record is like nine. So one day he works really, really hard. He's trying to get these trees down and he gets eight cut down. So he's talking to his friends that night and says, all right, tomorrow, I'm really going to work hard. I'm going to beat that record. I got so close today. The next day he goes "That works even harder and harder and harder, and he only cuts seven down. And so he's a little bit frustrated, but he's determined that the next day he's going to work even harder, right? Only gets six cut down. And so now he's complaining to his friend, what's going on? And the friend just said, well, did you remember to sharpen your ax? <laughs> you know, this thing we do where we're just Pushing and pushing and pushing, and we stop taking care of ourselves. Uh, so that's going to be an important piece. But back to your question of how do we know what are the signs? There are some stages, and you'll see different ones in different studies, and not everybody goes through the same stages, but these are the pretty common ones. One um, is that emotional exhaustion. It's one thing to just be tired, not getting enough sleep or working too hard. You feel physically tired, but there's also this kind of this emotional exhaustion where uh, you know you don't want to deal with another thing. Or oh, now the toilet's running, and oh, now you know this thing's broken, and now I'm getting more texts that I have to deal with. This feeling of just. Emotionally being exhausted is definitely one of the signs of burnout versus just feeling like, okay, things are stressful, but I'll deal with them later or I'll deal with them now. One of the next things that happens, and again, no particular order sometimes, but for a lot of people, feelings of cynicism. So this is a tricky one because I know for some people, there's sort of this gallows humor. You know, when you're dealing with difficult things, especially. Yeah, you know, in emergency services or police or those uh, kind of, or even therapists, where, you know, you start getting a little cynical and you think you're being funny, but over time that really starts to sink in where you know, you've, you're this experienced therapist and then some brand new person comes in, hey, I'm going to save the world. And you're sitting there <laughs> thinking, oh, how cute that they think they're going to help people. Uh, <laughs> well, you might just be getting cynical if you start thinking that way yeah. uh, all the time. Right, and that's different than being realistic, but just this negativity that you just expect negative thing. And this comes with that emotional exhaustion. You're just so tired of everything. Uh, you just start getting cynical with things.
2: And I imagine that cynicism is like also like another flavor of that is a level of detachment yes that you practice like what's the point of it all
1: Right, right. And it's one thing, as you know, to be stepping back and seeing the big picture. But as you're talking about, there's this lack of caring, or we could yeah. say lack of connection with your values or what matters or why you're doing mm-hmm. all this stuff mm-hmm. in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's a big one. That's a big part of the cynicism and emotional exhaustion, as you're saying, where I'm just going through the motions now. You know, I don't even know why I'm doing this. I don't really care. And it's one thing if it's, you know, maybe you do need to make a life shift, but in this case, it's often because you've just been pushing yourself too hard. And it's not necessarily that you don't like the work anymore, but you've just lost touch with the why and the bigger reasons for for living just because you're so exhausted. And with that comes a loss of... A feeling of effectiveness. So it's like, I I just can't accomplish things. It kind of goes back to what we're saying. I'm working harder and harder and getting less and less done. So, and even if I get some things done, I don't take any joy in that. It's just sort of, yeah, that's just one more thing. Now I got a hundred other things to do. And if you just keep on pushing, when these signs start coming up, it can lead to psychological problems. You know, all of us are vulnerable if put under enough stress, enough pressure. It'll come out in some different way, depression, anxiety, uh, whatever it might be of doing too much. And then if you're continuing to try to push through all that, it could even lead to uh, physical problems. This is where that stress response becomes overwhelming. And those short-term responses that are good for us to energize us for a danger, this ongoing thing that creates uh, problems with our heart, high blood pressure, irritable bowel syndrome, sore muscles, and all those kind of things.
0: So let's bring in mindfulness here into the conversation. I know we do have a limited amount of time. And so we're not obviously going to be able to cover all of the different ways that mindfulness can help with stress management or with burnout, but perhaps you can touch on a few specific examples and perhaps even citing scientific research as to why mindfulness helps with stress management and burnout.
1: Yeah. As you said, this is a broad question, but I think we can anchor it in, as we talked about, mindfulness is just paying attention. So one of the things that happens in burnout is you're just not paying attention Um, I mean, in a way it's in your face, but in another way, you just keep going and going and going. So in that car analogy, you're revving the engine beyond the red line, but you're just not looking at it or you're uh, so focused on where you're going that you're just not noticing the signs. So here's another case where mindfulness may not be all, uh, hey, this is great. I feel great. It's paying attention and acknowledging the reality of, wow, I am overwhelmed boy, I am getting very cynical. Wow, I just feel emotionally exhausted. Hey, some anxiety starting to creep in here, noticing a lot of muscle tension in my body. It's time to get some help or take a break or talk to some friends or call my therapist back up and proactively start doing things. Now, ideally, you learn to notice that way before you're stuck in it, way before the engine actually does burn out. You start to notice, hey, that engine smells a little hot, (laughs) (laughs) or I can feel some heat coming off of that thing. I better ease off on the accelerator here, Um, which is tough. We get so much pressure from family and bosses and friends to work harder, and that's the answer to things. And You know, it's such a cliche, but, you know, working more efficiently is much better than working hard for the sake of working hard. And if you burn out, you're going to be no use to anyone. Um, So to be able to pause and then decide what's a wise action in that moment. And here again is the subtle point. We have to be careful. Okay, I'm overwhelmed. I'm just going to close my eyes and be mindful and everything's going to be great. Um, well, you you may take a break and take care of yourself, but you've really got to pay attention to what you're doing. Um, you know, another analogy is instead of just putting on a bulletproof vest, how can I keep people from shooting me in the first right. place? How do I set up an environment that's not conducive to burnout in the first place, if possible?
0: This podcast is sponsored by the Austin Mindfulness Center, the premier mental health counseling center in Texas for mindfulness based therapy, education, and coaching. If you're an individual or couple struggling with stress, anxiety, depression, relationship issues, or you're just looking to better equip yourself to gracefully navigate these turbulent times, you can visit us online at austinmindfulness.org and request an appointment today. Now let's get back to our podcast. So you're alluding to this idea that focused intention is a fine, perfectly healthy thing. How do we navigate this, <laughs> this this, obstacle course? It seems sometimes that life is, we're supposed to be managing our stress and having a healthy amount of stress. How do we achieve this wisdom or what does it look like to effectively manage our stress? Well, that's a big
1: question, but I'll take your crack at it here. <laughs> and,
0: right? and just do it in two minutes. Ready, go.
1: All right. So, yeah, no, I think one of the first things to acknowledge and kind of what, and what you're saying too is stress is part of life. I know, that should be obvious in one way, but on the other hand, there's so much talk of stress-free, zero stress, get rid of stress, but it's just a part of life. If you're going to be alive, there's going to be stress with it so instead of trying to stop the waves can you learn to surf you know and uh, even in that surf can you raise a sail and direct the course of where your life is going so trying to flow with that rather than control it stop it run away from it constantly how do you fit in with that and to your point two what's it all for um where do i want to go you know rather than just bobbing around in the ocean do i have sort of a direction i want my life to go in that that's important to me not what society says or what i think i should be doing necessarily but you know whether it's family or spirituality or relationships or learning or those things that just really uh, light you up or at least make your life more fulfilling and again, not fighting your way, as you said, with this attachment of it has to be a certain way exactly, and I have to do it at all costs, but to sort of flexibly move through. And in fact, as we've talked about, psychological flexibility is one of the key ways to navigate through all these things. And where mindfulness comes in, again, is first of all, keeping in mind, where am I going? That True north, or whatever you want to call it, that compass heading, that reminder of where you're going. And how can I subtly create these things versus forcing it once it's too late? Now, once it's overwhelming, you know, you can work with somebody and, and figure it out, but it's much better if you get going sooner. Maybe this is in my mind because I watched a, a movie about a meteor hitting the earth, uh, not the happiest of topics, right? But If this meteor is about to hit the earth, it's going to be really hard to move that huge, massive thing. But if you can catch it you know, a million miles away, just a teeny tiny tap will change the course and trajectory of that meteor. So if you just keep ignoring all these things, it's going to be pretty tough. But if you can just say, oh, here comes some stress, or I know this is going to be an issue, not in an anxiety, worrying about it constantly kind of a way, but in a proactive, paying attention, how can I set things up in my life to sort of move in this direction without uh, tons of force.
2: Dr. Sears, thank you so much for sharing some knowledge around this very, very pervasive topic of burnout in the workplace, burnout in society. I think it's very relevant to today's time. You know, one of the goals of Mindfulness Off the Cushion is always to bring it back to people and to share with practical advice, practical skills. I was wondering if you can take us through like a little short guided meditation or exercise of any kind that really allows us to tap into this greater understanding of burning out
1: yeah absolutely i'd be happy to do that And pleasure as always to speak with you both thanks for having me thank you